episode of 2019 for what podcast? Our podcast. Oh, the Good Bottle Podcast. Is that the one that we're doing today? Yeah, it is. Oh, it's not good. It's not Dungeons and Dragons Anonymous. Well, you didn't mention it, so that's why you just had a podcast. It's like there might be other ones coming out in the next couple days that we're unaware of. That's fair. Yeah. Welcome to the last Good Bottle Podcast 2019. Is that better, Drew? <laughs> Way better. All right. Way good. better. Drew, can I have a fucking drink? Yes. <laughs> yes, Chris, you can. And I picked out a special one to end this year for the both of us. And hopefully people will go out and buy it after. But wow. we have here the uh, signatory Unchill Filtered Series Glenlivet Sherry Cask Finish. I like everything of those words. Yeah, yeah. This is... Um, this is a super fun one. Uh, Signatory is a independent bottler. Um, for those who don't know, independent bottlers are basically like uh, their own little entities where they go to different distilleries, buy cask, and then just do different expressions of them. So, you know, we know that the 12-year Glenlivet is going to come out every single year, right? We know that consistently from Glenlivet. What these guys do is just either release something that is at a higher cast strength, part of their cast collection, or they'll do like an 86 proof series, or in this situation, they do an unchill filtered whiskey that's also finished in a first fill sherry butt. So, <laughs> yeah, but, right, exactly. So you're familiar with the Glenlivet, but you're getting a 12 year out of this one, but it's finished, like I said, with the sherry, so that's gonna make it a little bit different. It's also unchill filtered as well which all standard Glenlivets are chill filtered. So what you end up getting is all those like um, fats and acids are still in this whiskey. So basically what a lot of different whiskeys do is they, they actually put their whiskey into a filtration system where they drop the temperature on it. And when you drop the temperature to um, 39.2 degrees Fahrenheit, you can actually, uh, those fats and lipids will solidify and they'll drop to the bottom. So sometimes you'll see that, like if you ever let your whiskey bottles, some whiskey bottles get cold, they'll get like a little uh, murky. So, and the reason that companies do it is they don't want people to feel like their whiskey has gone quote unquote bad or anything like that. But but Signatories are really fun, fun company. They're, um, they're founded in 1988. They're now one of the largest independent bottlers. At any given time, they could have like 50 different uh, releases. You actually had one of their cast strength gun limits here for a what for a bit, and um, yeah, it lasted for about a week before someone picked it up. Yeah, so it's they, you know so they do a combination of like you know some really recognizable names and um, they're they're a really fun fun company to work with. And you just like what I love about independent bottlings is like when this bottle line here. Um, so like with a sherry butt, you know you're probably looking anywhere between like 500 to 600 bottles. This was bottle number 446. Once all those, you know, 600-ish bottles are gone of this particular whiskey, it's gone forever. Right. You know, and to me, that's what really rare whiskey is. Is something that, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. It's not something that comes out every single year. And they do different variations on it. You know, like before this one, they had a 10-year Glenlivet Sherry. So they're, same, they're similar profiles, but they are... They're just offering something a little bit different. And, and again, like this is a really cool thing to get for somebody if they are a huge Limit Limit fan, but they've never had an unchill filtered Glen Limit. So here's an opportunity to have that. So with all that said, let's drink it. Woohoo! Well, that's yummy. So right off the bat, you know, that's you get, the, get that sweetness uh, from the sherry. What I like about unchilled filters is, is uh, like you were talking about, um, a lot of those uh, oils still in there, which uh, makes the flavor last longer on my tongue. That yeah. viscosity allows it to carry through. Well, there's a lot of people who will tell you that you know having something that's unchilled filtered is actually like the true expression of of what like the master distiller and or blender wants you to be drinking, because that's part of the whiskey. And, you know, again, it's just something that they remove that stuff in order just for consistency. And then also, you know, again, people get freaked out when they have a cloudy spirit, you know, if it does get too cold in that scenario. And I've seen that unfold numerous times where people are like, hey, what's wrong with my whiskey? What's wrong with my rum? 
You know, it's like there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's just it wasn't chill filter. So you actually have more body you know, because of those fats and those lipids and those acids. Like those are all present in this in this whiskey for you. And it's just, again – that's how I, I attracted my wife to me. Was all the was all, all the, the fats and lipids and there's full a, body. There's a lot to love there. No, there's a lot to love. So, so yeah, like I said, with Signatory, there's multiple different things that you can pick up from them. Like I said, like the Cast Strength series is one of my personal favorites. But you know, they're they're fun and they're affordable. And that's the thing I think was really stands out for this stuff. Is well, that, what, what's your version of affordable? I mean, you can get this bottle for less than a hundred bucks. I'd say that that's affordable. Yeah, especially for a vintage uh, spirit. Right. So yeah. it's you know there's there's some cool stuff out there, and and again they really have things that you know can get down to like a sixty dollar uh, expression all the way up to you know a couple grand. So it's a it's they have something for for really everybody, and you can find those expressions with distilleries that you are comfortable with but you want to see a little bit of variation from so i think you know independent bottlings in general have probably been one of my favorite discoveries over the past couple years and there's some people out there who are doing really really cool stuff like another one that we work with is single cast nation they have amazing offerings really really fun stuff really big bold age statements as well you know then you can get into like cadenhead they do a great job um alexander murray there's just the, the list goes on and on and on and, um, you know, it's, it's a cool process. And so I would definitely, you know, for anybody who enjoys drinking whiskeys and single malts, like explore some independent bottlings because they're, they're super unique. They're super fun. They're great to have behind the bar as well, because it's just something different that again, once this bottle's gone, it's gone forever. So yeah. you kind of create that call to action as well, where you get people coming in like, Hey, this guy always drinks Glenlivet. Well, you've never had this type of Glenlivet before. So it's a fun addition to you know any lineup that you might have on your back bar. I've always uh, had the dream to, I guess, make it as an independent bottler. Uh, to me, that's the dream job, is having a name that people respect enough that you then travel around and you get your pick at different distilleries to say, okay, I want that cask and I want that cask and we're going to put those in in bottles and we're only going to sell those and people will have to take it at my word that these are dope. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's possible still. I mean, you know, being in the position that you're now like you will have those opportunities to try specific cast and pick things that are to your liking and stuff. It's a little different though doing doing bottlings um or or we'll say barrel buys as as an on-premise or even an off-premise is different than what you have when you're creating um, when you're creating a line, you know, like like what AD Retray does, very much in the same way, right? Like right. Na names like that that just carry such weight that then everybody respects the fact that those are going to a bottle versus, you know, I tasted or you tasted like we do with uh, River City Whiskey Society, you know. Uh, a handful from any number, a handful of, you know, small bottles that we get to choose from. Right. You As know. opposed to lots of casks. Lots of casks. Well, or going in and saying, okay, this is, I want to check out this part of the distillery and yeah. this is what I'm going to buy. Well, and I get that. And I think, and I think depending on what you're able to build here, and some people look at somebody like Plump Jack, you know, Plump Jack has a following with all of the bottle picks or barrel picks that they do. So that's something that Good Bottle could eventually get to. And I mean, you're, and there's still going to be a distinction because you're going to have to have this third party that kind of facilitates some of it and is able to acquire different cast samples for you. But, you know, that actually sometimes ends up being the case most of the time anyways for a lot of these independent bottlers is they're actually going through brokers who are bringing them samples and are trying to do different stuff. So when that is the case, I mean, I think, I think you can, you know, almost maybe get the Diet Coke version of your dream. You know? <laughs> it's not it's not fully what you had thought, but I do think that you'll be able to do things like if you know, if you're able to build this shop up to that level where maybe there will be opportunities, 
you know, you start off conservatively, and I say conservatively, you know, kind of loosely here, but you go to not, Kentucky. Not, and, not conservatively. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's just like, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, you know, you go to Kentucky, like that's not just a trip everybody can do, right? Sure. You go to Kentucky, you go to a couple of different, um, you know, Rick houses out there and you're able to pick something. And then maybe it does eventually turn into a situation where you go out to Scotland and you actually get to pick the barrels out there. You just never know. It's just, but I think when when you do find these either barrel programs or independent bottlers that you like, like it's it's fun to kind of go on that ride with them. Because once you figure out kind of who has the same taste profile that you do, and we'll, we're actually going to get into this on our next topic, is that apparently we have very similar yeah. taste profiles. Yeah. Is it's you can kind of be like okay. Like, I can pretty much bank on these guys making something that I like every single time, you know? Yeah. On the flip side, though, because I actually saw this unfold in our whiskey group just the other day, on, on, and we had a guy who was drinking an independent bottling, and it was a Bunahaben. Now, Bunahaben is one of my favorite distilleries. I love Buna. It's just, it's fun to say. They make <laughs> great whiskey, and they, they do a really solid job. Well, this guy had never had it before, but had this independent bottling. It was a 28-year-old version of a, of a Bunahaben. And he didn't like it. And then his interpretation became, well, I don't like Bunahaben. And that just should not be the mindset ever. Yeah. Well, that's really <coughs> unfortunate, too, uh, just because I love Bunahaben. Right. Well, and, and fortunately, he was open to the concept of kind of being like, oh, well... You're right. I probably shouldn't base this off an independent bottler because their taste is different than what the actual distillery's taste is. What they did with the barrel is different than what the distillery is right. doing. So right. something to think about. So that's where a independent bottler can mislead you to a certain degree, right? Because that version of what he was drinking was not what a real true interpretation of what Boonhaben is. And again, he was open to the fact that that is the case. So try them out and you know sometimes they're going to be hit sometimes they're going to be misses but like i said some of the things that we had listed before um you know chris does carry some of the signatories here so come buy a good bottle and uh I, yeah look into it i like your um take on independent bottling of, of finding finding the one that you like and going on going on that journey with them mm -hmm. you know once you once you realize what your flavor profile is you know, because they're they're looking for all sorts of things that will probably match that for them for what they define as quality. And so, if you find one that doesn't stick necessarily to one specific spirit, or even if it does, I suppose. But you know, let's say you find one that does bourbon that happens to like tequila, that happens, you know, to to also do rum. You know, maybe you can you can experience a world of spirit all through their eyes. And get an education that way, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and um, like I said, one of the ones that, that we do carry as well is Single Cast Nation. Those guys are very experimental when it comes to different barrels that they choose. So they were picking a barrel from MGP each year, you know, which is a big producer out of Indiana that does a lot of people's whiskeys, actually. But they were doing the single barrel expressions that were pretty impressive. Um, they are doing one for Pendarin out of Wales. They're doing another one from Milk and Honey, which is the one out of Tel Aviv. So those guys are doing all kinds of you know crazy stuff. And, and, and again, there's a lot of really fun, different um, independent bottlers out there that you can find that you're just they're going to get you exposed to things that you don't see every day. And at the end of the day, like for me, I want to drink something that's cool and unique. And this is what's cool and unique to me. Stuff that has a shelf life that, that once it's gone, it's gone forever. You know, there's a lot of hype around certain like bourbons and whiskeys and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's like those things are coming out every single year. And they're great, but it's just like, are they really that rare? Right. Not, I mean, yeah. they are in one sense, but really it's like, okay, well, I didn't, I didn't win this year, the Bebmo lottery. So maybe next year I'll win it. It's just kind of like, no, if you don't buy this bottle now, like it's not going to probably be around next year. Or ever yeah. again. I, I get it because, uh, at least from one, one perspective, you know, you want to say that you are one of the few people who are able to taste this thing that everybody else has talked about wanting to taste. Yeah. So you, you want out in that case. I get, I get it. But I think once you've done that, as I have and you have, 
yeah. you kind of realize that there's other really, really cool shit to, to consume. Well, and, that, and stuff that's obtainable. And might carry more weight in the fact that you've had it. Right. So the, the, another bad thing about the independent bottle, though, is once it's gone, it is gone. Right. So it's like I have, I have people like, man, I love that bottle so much. Can you get me a couple more? I'm like, nope. Right. Like it's it's now well, officially if, gone. If you're, if, let's say you're into wine. Wine is that way every year. Oh, totally. You know, so there's yeah. so you know, wine, whiskey at least it ha- is a little bit more redundant from year to year. It, at least yeah. it's it's the goal, right? From year to year with wine, you're fucked. <laughs> That's right. you know, there's right. just nothing you can do. Yeah, and you know, and it is which is half the fun, I guess. It, it is. It's definitely definitely that, and you know, and obviously all these producers are working very hard to make sure that this. Taste is consistent and everything like that. But yeah, talk about an uphill battle for, for any wine producer. And then, you know, if you are in the whiskey business and you change blenders or you change distillers, like there's going to be some impact from that. Like hopefully like the transition's, you know, easy and comfortable and stuff. But at the same time, there might be some something that goes awry. You just never know. Right. But, uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, drink signatory. Well, uh, I agree. Uh, I... <laughs> Yeah, you have my uh, my word on that one. Now, getting into our topic today, we're going to be a little bit different than what we've done in the first couple episodes. We will get back to it, but we wanted to kind of change it up because it is our end of the year pod, and we wanted to kind of help you guys out because we all know that we wanted to end this season on a cheery note. Very, very much so. And so, whether you were celebrating Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever your holiday was, hopefully, you know, you walked away with either some gift cards or, or you know, some gift certificates, places that you need to go and need to spend some money. We're going to help you out with that today. And not only are we we're going to help you, but I would like to say that that's a specialty of mine. Telling people what they should do with their money. Yes. Well, yeah, you're you're definitely in that business now. Um, but we also wanted some help from it as well. So we took part in a brand new app that was developed by the spirits giant Diageo. That's called, um, it's the What's Your Whiskey app. And basically what they've done is they've constructed this questionnaire to help you determine what whiskey you should buy for yourself. Now, there's 11 questions that they ask you. Both of us have already done this test. Yeah, but we're going to redo it again live and see <laughs> see how it works out. Yeah. So um, now something to point out before we really get into this. Um, this quote is it's it's not available in the u.s there's not a u.s version so this is right well i this, mean if you if you go and find it as obviously we both did yeah you can access it you, but it was, yeah. it was meant for the uk and and you can tell that through through language. the questions and the answers it's some very very british and you know answers to things um which will which we will get into so but you know a, a lot of us kind of struggle with like trying to find like really what's your taste buds and stuff like that and you know if you don't have the experience that we do where we've just a lot of trial and error which can be very expensive um based off the results that i got and the based off the results that you got like we're kind of like oh shit okay these guys actually maybe developed something cool so with all that said we're gonna start the test and actually chris is gonna take it again right and um, so buckle up. And then if you guys do want to take it, just type in what's your whiskey uh, on Google.com. Yeah, and it's, yeah. That'll, it's all it'll, one word. It'll take you there. Yeah. It's 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 fun. They're good. Whis- whiskey no E also. I, I guess we should We should that. say that. Yeah, it is definitely the correct way to spell whiskey. <laughs> um, all right. So first question. All right, first question. Do you like smoked foods? The options are absolutely not, not really, sometimes, sure do, and I love them. <laughs> I'm going to go with sometimes. Okay. So now, see, for me, I love smoked foods. So I was all the way you know, to the I, right. I want to say yes, but I've had things sometimes smoked that shouldn't be smoked, and it just isn't as fun for me. 
because the smoke it was poorly smoked or just took over in a way that i wasn't it like took away from the meat i was trying to eat or the vegetables what have you yeah i mean i wouldn't say it's been a flawless you know journey but no but i would i lean more towards liking but okay for the reasons of this we're gonna go with sometimes okay all right so now we're moving on to the second question how about we do this one together, Drew? Okay. So the question is... How do you feel about chilies? Okay. All right. The question is, can't get get them away from me. Not a massive fan. Take them or leave them. The hotter the better. Feed me fire. Okay. So um, I, I'm going to fall into the hotter the better. But... I don't go all the way to the extreme because, like, I don't want to be uncomfortable. So you're not when raw I'm... eating a habanero. <laughs> no, and I and I and I love hot things, but hot things need to have flavor to them. They can't just be hot for the sake of being hot. That's how I feel about hops and beer, as well. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Totally, just yeah. like, oh, great job, you did really hoppy. So okay, so what are we answering on this? So I guess then the hotter the better. Would... That was my answer. So you're good. You, okay, you're good? okay. Do that. we're doing that. Okay, so hey, there's we got a little feedback. It says strong start. Yeah, strong start. This so there's there's some really cool graphics that that play along with this as well. They did a good job. I mean, you know, they do have all the money in the world, so they they can afford to do it. But you know what? It's it's good to see them actually do it. So what's our next question? Do you like cinnamon apple pie? Okay, all right. And the potential answers? Not at all. It's okay with custard. Not strong feelings. Yeah, cut me a slice. It's amazing. So, so that's our first indication that I this like is. That. It's this, okay with custard. Yeah, it's a very British thing. That's great, right? So we're already we're starting to see, and it gets worse. Um, now, I am a huge apple pie mark. Like I love it so much. Um, my mother in law loves to get it for me, and she likes to reiterate how much I love it when she gives it to me. She's like, "I know you love this. Here you go." So I was all the way. To the far right on this one. You're just, you're, it's amazing. I I do feel that way. I think just for posterity, I really like the it's okay with custard though. I, I'm i enjoying this graphic of someone pouring custard over this apple pie repeatedly. Just over and over and over again. Okay. I get it. So I'm going to go with that. Okay, that's fair. All right. We're going to get some, probably get some different answers. That's fine. That. Yeah. He was hoping. Do you like dried apricots? And what are my what are my options here? Ew, no. <laughs> nope, not really. Only in fruitcake. So delicious. Ooh, my favorites. Spelled with a U. Ugh, unbearable. Um, so for me, not my favorite. You don't like dried apricots. I am not. I am not a dried apricot fan. Yeah, regardless of if they're in sugar or not. Um, I just. I, I'm just I'm just to know like when I when I saw this originally and I said like yeah not really not really my favorite I was like okay that's kind of where I'm leaning but maybe they have like one of those caveats like the custard thing yeah. and then I saw it was fruitcake and I was like oh we're doubling down on me not liking this <laughs> so so Drew's a strong ew no well I wouldn't say ew like I'll eat I had one just the other day and I was like yep still don't like these you know <laughs> so I'm not like ew but I'm close. So, no, not really. No, not really. Okay. Not really. All right, moving on. What are your thoughts on orange juice, Drew? This was probably my favorite question because whoever asked you this? I, what are, what I, I my... feel like I heard a Jeffrey Morgenthaler thread a long time ago with what starting off with what's your thoughts on orange juice. Okay, so who is Jeffrey Morgenthaler? For? Jeffrey it? Morgenthaler is a pioneer in the cocktail industry, and he runs two bars in Portland. And has very strong opinions on things. He actually... Um, just a lovely human being who he, he was ruins a, all of my joke telling because he knows all the punchlines before I can tell him. Well, that's, that's... Which just means he's a great bartender, really. He is a good bartender. He's actually involved in one of, our, one of the brands that I sell, helped develop it. So um, really, really... Really good person, like you said, pinnacle or of the of the industry. So that's for all the people who don't know who that's. Okay, but what are our options when someone asks us if we like orange juice? It's the worst sort of juice. <laughs> Not for me. It's okay. Mmm, fresh. Who doesn't love OJ? I like how you go into character for all of these. Yeah. Um, I'm a I'm a or, orange juice is okay. 
I see, and I'm a I'm a OJ fanatic, but it has to be real OJ. It can't be Minute Maid. It can't be nothing about this surprises me about any you. of these knockoffs. It must be for real orange shoes, right? Yeah, no, that boy. There it is. That's going on the headstone. <laughs> must be real orange shoes. Must be shoes. real orange shoes. That's, that's all. That tells you everything you need to know about Chris Sinclair. Is that it has to be real? So go to the far right because I did. I did the. Okay, the who doesn't the... love OJ? <laughs> Click and submitted. Yeah. Halfway there, Drew. Halfway. Good. Do you like fresh ginger? Oh, great question. What are my What are my answers here? No, I'll pass. Ew. Not sure. Mmm, yes. I love every type of ginger. I am no I'll pass. Really? I I am not a ginger fan whatsoever. It just not nope. Wow. Not for me. That's, I'm honestly surprised by the answer. Okay, well, since you're answering this one, we'll go with no I'll pass, but I'm definitively at the other end of the spectrum. Of course you are. Love ginger. How often do you eat bananas, Drew? Never. Rarely. Sometimes. On the regular. Eating one currently. I am... I... Sometimes? So you don't have a banana in your mouth right now? I don't. Okay. All I right. don't. This is... The one thing this goddamn <laughs> store doesn't have is bananas. <laughs> don't come to the good bottle shop. No bananas here. You're not good banana. You know, you're not... No. Fancy a scoop of vanilla ice cream? This was a really weird question for me, too, because it's just kind of... I mean, and also one of those excessively British things. My wife already knows my answer because she gives me a hard time about this all the time. Okay. I love vanilla ice cream. Right. Because vanilla is a freaking flavor. Yeah. And she gets mad because when you have all the choices in the world, when you go to the ice cream parlor... Right. That's what I choose. And you're choosing the most basic thing. Do you do toppings? Uh, not often, but I will. Like, I love uh, banana splits. I will, and in that case, I will. I also really like the um, uh, that that uh, uh, chocolate that turns hard as you yeah. drip it over. Yeah. That's great. I love that stuff, too. I love how this is turning into, like, an expose on our eating habits. Yeah. Well, like, people are just kind of like, fuck this stupid <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Well, or, or they're like, or they're just gonna be like, I know all the things to buy these guys now <laughs> for gifts. All right, this is okay. okay. So, so, so is vanilla ice cream to you boring? Any other flavors? Question mark. Uh huh. Maybe with sprinkles. Okay. Ooh, yes. I'll take the tub. So on this one, I'm not a sprinkle fan. So I'm probably more towards the middle than I want, but I don't want sprinkles. So I'm going to go with the ooh, yes. But I don't want the whole tub. That's where my answer's at okay. on vanilla. That's fair. Because like I don't... I mean, I You don't do. want to work that hard at the gym. Now, if you had mini M&Ms, boom, throw those on there. We're doing vanilla all day. Interesting choices. We're almost there. I wonder if they really feel that way. They probably do. <laughs> okay, good. Do you like pina coladas? Or... Do you like getting caught in the rain? Uh, yes to both. Ooh. First question. First is, I'd rather get caught in the rain. Fair enough. Oh, man. There's a lot of humor coming from Diageo on this one. Good for you guys. Not a fan. Only on holiday. It's a yes from me, governor. God. Yes. Bring me a pitcher. Um, so... I I'm more of a pina colada drinker on holiday. That, you know what? Me too. That's so, my vacation drink. Yeah, so that's what I'm gonna that's if I'm gonna have like a just horrendous hangover, I wanna be on vacation while or in the UK terms, on holiday. On holiday. On holiday. You so that's be in Ibiza. And it's it's so funny to think about all these questions to like the answers that I eventually got. So you guys <laughs> bear with us because like they really do recommend some whiskey at the end. How often do you eat raisin bran cereals, Drew? Um this one really caught me off guard mostly because of the answers, because like this is apparently a much bigger deal. And it really is. Judging by the second one. So first is never. Second is I prefer a full English. Yeah. Which is a style of breakfast. Right. 
But you'd only know that if you went to the UK. Or you use Google. Or, or you had to Google that. Yeah. Which One, I, which once I a week. Most days. Every morning. So I was an English breakfast type person. I am as well. I do prefer the full English, which is with sausage and bacon. And yeah. And give me, give me the fat. Give me the salt. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you like triacle? Treacle? T-R-E-A-C-L-E. Um, so it's treckle. Treckle. Yeah, it's treckle. Okay. So what is treckle? Treckle is um, a thick, sticky, dark syrup made from partly refined sugar molasses. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So do you like it? Um, well, when... So read, read the answers. Okay, the answers are, nope, far too sweet. Not really. What's that? Yeah. Mmm, sweet. Ooh, yes, I love it. So I went with what's that? Because at the time, I didn't know what it was. And I thought that was going to be more indicative of what my whiskey would eventually be. Sure. If I was honest with it. And then, of course, for this, I looked it up to be like, hey, we got to have all the answers for our our listeners. Because I know they're thinking, what is treckle? Well, especially as I'm trying to pronounce it and doing an awful job. Right. Okay, so treckle. Yes? No? Um, So now knowing what it is, I mean... I don't put molasses on anything. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I'm a big rum fan, so yeah. but I but I'm sticking with my answer of, of what's, what's treckle. What's that? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Fine. Okay. All right. Your unique flavor print. We are all done here. So here it comes. Here it comes, and we have it pops up with the the fun uh, flavor wheel there, uh, where you got your smoky, sweet, spicy, and fruity, and now. Ooh, here we go. The Singleton 12-year-old is the number one choice here. Okay. It leans a little bit more towards the spicy side, a little bit on the sweet side. Number two is uh, Glenkinchi 12-year, mm-hmm. which okay. is also towards the sweet, uh, spicy side. Sorry. And then the third one is the Mortlock 20-year. Ooh. Which, I got to tell you... That's like on the nose for me. I love that. I okay. love the Mortlock. Even though we kind of like fub some answers here. Yeah. But well, you know, you and I answering this together is a little bit of you, a little so, bit of so, me. So this is what we should drink together. This is what we should drink together. The oh. Mortlock 20 year. Get the signatory out of here. <laughs> so, okay. So again, coming back. So you get, you get your results and then... You know, as Chris pointed out, you have your smoky category, and it breaks in a little chart. And it kind of shows you like what you're, where you're predominant in, and stuff like that. It's kind of like doing those personality tests, but for like things that matter, like drinking whiskey. Definitely. So, now here's here's an interesting thing because we did talk about our results earlier when we took the test separately from each other. So our together our together whiskeys are the ones that we just read. Our separate whiskeys, which I think is hilarious, both of us got. As our number one whiskey, the Talisker 18-year-old. Spot on. Then the number two for both of us was the Lagavulin 12-year-old. Yes. Lagavulin 16 is well, my right. Desert Island Scotch. Right. But it's like, high. I'm never going to be mad at a Lagavulin. No. No. And then coming in in third, again, both of us having the same answer, taking this test separately, the Kuila 12-year-old. Yeah. And I love Coila. Love Coila. It is. I do. I, do. I, uh, I love it so much. There's a, there is an independent bottler that I work with that does primarily Coila, and it is some of my favorite stuff in the entire world. Um, this is a really fun exercise. Arguably the coolest thing Diageo has done in a very long time for me. I know a lot of brand reps who would be really mad about that statement. But... Well, you know... Sorry, I'm not sorry, um, <laughs> but I just think this is this is awesome because it's so often the case where you're just kind of like, I don't know what I should drink, and jumping on a whiskey group and kind of being like, is this good when like nobody knows what your taste profile is? Like, I hate that. Yeah. So to do a test like this and to kind of see what things come back to you, um, I, I've always I've always really enjoyed Talisker and and Lagavulin and Kuila, so I'm really excited about that. Doing the test together, jumping into some of those other ones that we saw, you know, the first two before we got to the Mortlock. Like, I want to go try those now. So um, I think that it's just I think it's just a super rad thing that they did. I look forward to them being able to, you know, 
I guess, Americanize it a little bit because there's a lot of humor in it. The graphics are really awesome. I look forward to kind of seeing what they do with it in that regard. I mean, and Diageo owns 90 plus distilleries in Scotland. Oh, yeah. So you have this huge range and profile that they've plugged this stuff into. And as far as I'm concerned, based off my answers, I feel like they kind of nailed my profile. You know, yeah, you got, I think that was really accurate. You got some really smoky expressions here, which is something that I really grabbed. I was towards. I was really skeptical going into it as well. Yeah, um, just because it felt very corporate, very big brand. But then when they actually on the tail end come out and they actually give you things that I already know that I like, I, I say, oh, well, okay, cool. Yeah, good for I you. Mean, guys. I get it. It's a very, it's relatively simple algorithm. But it's still great that it works, and it's fun. And yeah. I can imagine being someone who doesn't know whiskey so well, right? Um, someone who's just getting introduced, or has you know had it every now and then. That's a really fun experiment. Just to just to do that, log on, take five minutes, share it with friends, see what they think. Yeah. And well, yeah, and like having things that are recognizable to everybody, with the exception of the treckle. But other than that, <laughs> you know, the, the pina coladas, the vanilla ice cream, the bananas, the chilies, like it's all stuff that we're all pretty familiar with. So, so good on them. And, you know, like you said, go check it out. What's your, what's your whiskey.com. Take the test, see what you came up with. Um, whiskey I mean, Noe. Yeah. Whiskey Noe. Uh, you know, you're definitely not going to get anything outside their portfolio, but that's to be expected. Um, yeah, sure. So that's, but that's cool. Um, all right. So growing from there. And moving on, we're gonna we're gonna give you guys uh, a couple of different ways to spend those gift cards, gift certificates. Well, the first one is obviously donating to the show. Right, That's, become a sponsor. Become a sponsor. Become a sponsor. It guys. doesn't cost much right now. Yeah, because you, you set the rate. You be the first. <laughs> you tell us how much we're worth. But apart uh, from that, yeah, that's so that's 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 definitely one option. Um, I actually. Got a book this Christmas, and I have just torn through it. And it is arguably become one of my favorite spirits books now. Um, it's called A Field Guide to Whiskey. It's by Hans Ofringa. He's from the Netherlands, so I guess, you know, already off to a great start. Um, Hans and his wife, Becky, they're, they refer to themselves as the Whiskey Couple. They have a website and all this fun stuff. Um, these guys, like Hans has done over 20 books and one of them, actually two of them immediately made me think of you is because I thought you would just love oh, this no. is he does one that's called malts and jazz. <laughs> and what he does is he pairs different single malts with jazz musicians and he gives tasty notes and breaks down the jazz musician as well. And I was like, that's so Chris and Claire right there. That. <laughs> So you have you have your single malt, you have your jazz singer, and you're getting all these little tidbits about them. Then you have your fresh OJ right there. It's just like <laughs> there it is. That was that was totally it. And then so I'm I'm reading I'm reading this guy's book, and what I love about it is it's so matter of fact. It's just running through the entire process of whiskey. Nothing is left out. And then it's like if he mentions something in one section, it's it's basically. 300 pages of bullet points so it's like looking at a study guide and i love that there's no romanticizing it there's no fluff there's just good information good pictures and just follow up follow up follow up all the way through that you just walk away kind of being like i have such a better understanding of this now and i think it is accessible from every level and there's interesting things for people who are very into whiskey and then there's also really interesting things for people who are brand new to it and i think he just did a really great job um it came as no surprise to me like when i actually looked into it he's a uh he's a keeper of the quake which is perfect right so for you for our listeners out there a keeper of the quake is um they're this exclusive society that recognizes those who have shown outstanding commitment to scotch. Uh, the way the nomination process works is that you get nominated by one member and then you have to be confirmed by two others. I personally know two keepers and I have the utmost respect for both of them. Who do you know? 
So I know um, Josh from Single Cast Nation, and then my boss Sam from JBS Impacts. They are both keepers. Is Steve Beal not a not a keeper? Oh, you know what? He no, because well, he might be actually. I don't know, because you know he really cut his teeth. Yeah, like he's primarily with, well, like known for now his like bullet contributions. Sure, but that's not where he started. Right, but so I wonder. I wouldn't be surprised if he was. So maybe I know three. Yeah. I'm willing to bet that he is. We can't give him too many shout-outs. We've already like, praised him enough on this show. Not that he doesn't deserve it. but <laughs> Look, if anybody's willing to listen to us this much, they should know who the real heroes are. Yeah, we're going to like really commit to certain individuals uh, and so. become excessively uh, redundant. <laughs> Maybe. So that's, but that's what, that's what Hans is. And um, he definitely he has, a, like I said, he's, he's done a lot of books. And, and again, I just I love this book. And like the pages are black too from the outside, so it just looks badass, and it's just very matter of fact, and I just love that. And I mean, and again, like you, I read a lot of books on spirits, and so often I find myself just being like, just move the fuck on. Like I'm so tired of this right now. And this guy was like, yeah, I got you, and he just he just gives you all the information. So um, you can pick it up for like twenty bucks. So it's really affordable as well, and it's a great. And I know this is going to be a book that I will reference constantly. Awesome. So definitely that's a big it. deal. Yeah. So field yeah. guide, field guide to whiskey, Hans of Fringa. I can't speak to any of his other books, but bet your ass I'm picking up Malt and Jazz. That is definitely happening. I, um, I I definitely have to read that now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, so what's your what's your recommendation? What should people buy? My number one is by the late, great Gaz Regan, Joy of Mixology. Mm. I don't think nearly enough people inside the industry these days read it, have read it, and I feel like more people need to get back to reading it. It is a book that's been pivotal in my career and pivotal in the careers of so many people that I respect. Way back before there were a million and one books to read and you could even find them on Amazon. This was, you know, it was impossible to find anything. This book is just incredible and uh, has great stories, great history, uh, great cocktails, um, and it's got Gaz's humor, which um, is something that's definitely going to be lost to the world. So there, how much can they get it for now? Uh, I, I believe the book probably goes for anywhere between 26 and 30. And I, I have to double check that, but nice. Yeah. It's, it's not a terribly expensive book. It's, it's really easy to find now. Um, but it's, it's a fantastic book that if you, if you love spirits and you love cocktails and, um, you, you really enjoy the stories that surround it, uh, and the culture that it is today, you, this this book pretty much set everything off. Nice. So there you go. So there's another one. Um, producer credit. Steve is a keeper. Steve's a creeper. So I know three. All right. Yeah. All all very good people. Um, all right. So now on to my next recommendation. It is going to be the Beach Bumberry Bar Tools, and uh, Beach Bumberry is somewhat of an somewhat of an icon. In the tiki world, he um, is basically an archaeologist of tiki cocktails. He went out and just found all these old recipes, talked to old bartenders, and was able to um, now now you know has his own bar, but has done a ton of cocktail books. And he did a lineup of different things. So um, the one that I'm highlighting is the Skull Bar Spoon. Dog, I love that bar spoon. It is. So cool. Um, I do have to warn our bartender friends out there, though. If you get one, don't bring it to work. I disagree. I took it to work, and because it was so unique, I still have it. It was... I mean, I definitely caught people trying to take it. Okay, so that's what I was going to get to. Um, But it's... uh, Other people as well caught other people trying to take it yeah other other regulars saw people lifting it and they were like hey put that back because it's so iconic and it was so rad um 
that people just know that that was mine. Okay, so you bartender know. friends, if you get it, just know people are trying to steal your shit because it's so cool. And it comes in. So the one that I have is just like the chrome, I think, kind of standard one. It's silver skull, you know, like the red diamond eyes. Like, it's just awesome. There are quite a few different um, varieties of it. So you have, um, there's some gunmetal in here, gold plated, stainless steel, and matte black. So there's all kinds of fun ones that, that you can pick up. And they're just... They're super sweet. Now, from there, I will you... tell people that the eyes will fall off uh, if you if you throw them in your in your dishwasher at work. Um, so don't do that. Don't probably don't do that. I, I I've lost both of the eyes on mine already, but I uh, uh, for a long time I only had one, so I called it my one eye Willie. That's <laughs> great. That's perfect. So you're creating stories. See, there mm-hmm. you go, guys. It's another thing to do. So we have so you have that, and um, I've always hand washed mine, so I don't know that issue. But um, he's got other things too. So he's got a he's got a tiki mug that you can get. He's got a couple of those. Um, the other things that I have zombie glasses that are super cool. He's got some pearl diver glasses on there too. Swizzle cup, uh, um, different cocktail picks, and then a navy grog cone kit, which I have. Oh, neat! One of those as well, yeah. and it's super awesome. But it's just it's a fun it's a fun gift for for yourself when you just you know want to go make some cool cocktails and stuff like that. And there's just some really cool things. I know you have a couple of them here. At the store, sure, you definitely have the bar, yeah. the bar spoon, so you can pick them up a good bottle, or you know you can go through Cocktail Kingdom. Um, they have them there as well. the The spoons are going to cost you around thirty dollars, and I know you're thinking to yourself, thirty dollars for a spoon, and like just wait till you see the spoon. You'll be like, I'll take two. Yeah, so they're amazing. I have I have the Beach Bum. Personally, I use the Beach Bum Berry Skull, and then I have the Bulu Pineapple. Um, both co- I both got both of them from uh, Cocktail Kingdom, and I love both of them. They're they're really long, uh, which throws people off. But um, and it threw me off when I first started using it. But I got to tell you, going back to the shorter spoons uh, when I don't have those spoons feels very awkward to me now. Hmm. So so there's mine. What's your next recommendation for how people should spend their money? Oh man, I'm gonna go with the Flavor Blaster. <laughs> first of all. It says everything in the name. That is not a video that he watches consistently. This is an actual product. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah. It's a smoke gun, but it's also a it also creates smoke bubbles. Bubbles. Like so, like so. like like you were playing as a kid and in the backyard and just shooting off bubbles out of like a little bubble gun. Right. This does the same thing, but it fills those bubbles with smoke. And you can put that bubble on top of a glass or on top of a plate or on top of somebody's face. I don't know, but I want to do all of it. And you should definitely spend your money on that. So just you, so you can you can cocktail with it, put a smoke bubble on top of your cocktail, pop the bubble, all the smoke falls throughout yes. the cocktail. And yes, just... and around and like into the atmosphere. It's rad, but it creates the – I mean, who doesn't like bubbles? Who okay? So how much is someone going to spend on something like this? I found them anywhere from well, the Flavor Blaster in particular. I'm not sure, but there's <laughs> I found cheaper versions for thirty bucks, and I'm sure like if you go as high as the Smoking Gun, it's probably like three hundred. So this is probably somewhere in there. So it's just you can't afford not to have this. Obviously, right, right. So there you go. So we got a couple books there recommended for you guys. We got some cool bar stuff for you guys as well. So check those out. And then, you know, to wrap up this podcast for this year and to make sure that we're always talking about stuff that we love, I asked Chris earlier to to come up with something from this past year that he saw emerge as a trend that he really liked because we want to end this year on a positive note. So with that being said, Chris, what was the thing that you loved the most about the spirits industry this year? What was something that stood out to you? Yeah, this was a hard one. Uh, you and I talked off air. Uh, this was definitely a hard one for me. Yeah, uh, I regretted asking as soon as I realized how difficult <laughs> actually uh, the question know, was. The question is, you know, do you like a product? Do you, you know, is there a cocktail trend or some bullshit that you you like? Uh, honestly, what I really like, and this speaks to me personally, is. 
the the trend moving towards mental health and um, re- reducing the stigma of talking about it and dealing with it. There's light years still to go, but the fact that it's it's in the um, you know the, the the cultural psyche is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I have personally lost too many friends to depression and um, uh, suicide and drug overdoses and alcoholism in and drugs in this industry and all of that comes from stems from the lack of uh, you know ability to deal with mental health. Um, because this industry is hard, you know. Uh, you play, we play with live ammunition in this in this industry. You know, there's uh, we we talk a lot and we we have a good time, but it it takes a big toll on a lot of people. And I'm tired of seeing friends die, quite literally, quite literally work themselves to death. So moving into the the sphere where we can talk about it. And recognize that that it's a necessity, and we need to take care of each other, um, and not in a you know fluffy bunny feel good sort of way, but in a real like talk to each other and 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 say you know maybe you shouldn't work eighty hours in a week, maybe you need to spend some time with your family, maybe you know, and it's hard when you're earning that paycheck, but sometimes you know you got to take a for real mental health day, and that's not a thing in this industry, but we got to start talking about it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that's something that you're starting to see a lot more of in, in um, you know, people like during interviews I've, I've seen now that they're asking like, what do you do for your mental health and yeah. stuff? And so, yeah, re- removing that stigma and, you know, to kind of, I guess, piggyback that a lot of what, what I really appreciate and what's emerged over the past year is another kind of aspect of that. And it's another like removing that stigma and it's this rise of these low and no ABV cocktails and pop-up bars and drinks that you're finding on menus around, you know, are all over, you know, from different cocktail bars that are just giving people an option to still be social, but without, you know, having to consume alcohol all the time. And I realize this sounds counterintuitive to what I do, right? I sell alcohol. I don't think it is though. Well, well, let me get, I'm going to get there. Okay. So I thought this out, (laughs) but I think what's what's coming, you know, with this because you know there there are statistics showing that people are drinking less, and but what's happening really is people are just paying attention to what they're drinking. They're not just drinking to drink. They're not drinking because what everybody else is doing. They are being a lot more mindful. They're being more present, and they're still being able to engage and be social without having to get completely shit-faced sure. or anything like that. And the reason that I that I appreciate that is because I do sell a lot of those products that just taste better, but we don't have the marketing budgets of certain other companies out there. And we don't have the popularity of other people. So if you're able to be more conscious about what you're drinking and just knowing like, like hey, I'm just have one drink tonight, but I'm gonna make sure it's a really good drink, you know? Or it's a, I'm like, that whiskey's gonna be very good. I'm gonna spend, you know, what would have been two like cheap, crappy cocktails? Like I'm gonna get one good cocktail, one good whiskey, whatever the case may be. But I'm gonna be more educated on it. And I think that's that's where I see this kind of going. It's just kind of like like hey, if I go out, I don't I don't have that pressure to drink. And to me, it's always been funny. Like I've always taken breaks from drinking in this industry, and the people who are the most understanding of it are people in the industry. Right. I feel like anytime I say that to someone outside of the industry immediately it becomes a situation where it's like is everything okay did something happen you know and stuff like that it's like, it's like yeah no everything's great i just don't need to drink all the time i don't want to drink all the time because i'm around it constantly and i think you know part of what you were talking about with you know the mental health stuff it's like removing those stigmas of being able to go out but have some non-alcoholic things so i think you actually introduced this to me when i do my no drinking streaks and you know or taking you know, a couple some time off like i immediately default to fresh grapefruit juice yeah that's my that's my go-to yeah it's you great. know it hits on all the levels that i need it to and then now you're starting to see you know like you have it here is like the seed lips and stuff like that that are kind of like mimicking yeah seed lips, lips kind of neat i i really enjoy the effort that they put into it i enjoy uh the f- flavor profiles that, that they've gone with um i i think not to not to shit on seed lip but the liars 
is something that I'm even more impressed by. It's a whole brand. I want to say they're out of Australia. I carry the sweet vermouth. I attempted to carry the uh, the rum here, but they they're were called on they're called liars. Liars. L y r e s. Okay. And it's uh, uh, imitation booze. It's amazing. I was very very skeptical, and then I had a um, an old student of mine make me a uh, a Negroni. Yeah. With their with with their products, honestly, it just tasted like a watered down Negroni. It was dope. It was, oh, it was tastes like a watered down Negroni. Well, that doesn't sound like a great thing. Well, like I mean, it was the the only difference, right? Like if it just had a little bit more just, ice in it. Yeah. Is it like <laughs> if, if my if my Negroni had been sitting on ice for fifteen minutes while I was talking to somebody else, and I went back and tasted it? That's what it would taste like. It was great. Yeah, and and I know you know super people are potentially thinking to themselves like, it's like what do you want the taste of alcohol if you're not going to like. If you're not going to get drunk, like, don't you want that end result and stuff like that? And, you know, again, I'll tell you, like, as someone who has to be out, you know, a lot and be out in the industry and stuff like that, be out when you're out late nights, I don't want to drink all the time. But at the same time, it's nice to have a, like, a drink in my hand. So then I don't hear it from people. Like, why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you doing this? I don't get it nearly this as isn't, much. This isn't just an industry phenomenon. I mean, I can't tell you like, years and years of bartending, the amount of people who come up at, at business parties or social parties who just say, hey, can you make me something that looks like I'm drinking? 100%. All the time. Yeah. Mine was always, you know, club soda, throw a lime in there. Sure. Because yep. they'd like, oh yeah, I'm doing vodka sodas. Right. Don't, don't, don't worry about what I'm doing. Um, it, it used to be a lot more prevalent when I was, you know, during like my more rambunctious booze slinging days where I was selling certain things that people love to do shots of. And I would do like that classic, like, oh yeah, shots. I dump it into my glass and then I'd be like, well, oh, oh, yep, took that shot hella fast, you know, or like dump it into the plant uh, next to me. Yeah. Trevor Easter gave me the two, two brilliant ones, uh, that I, I saw probably right around when I first met him personally apart from when i knew who he was and he knew who i was through social media and similar industry people but i think one of our first times actually hanging out was was one of the first cocktail weeks here in sacramento and it was right before he got the job with beefeater and and uh Pernod ricard working with like plymouth and beefeater and we were it was some cocktail competition he just kept making everybody take shots take shots and i was like how is this guy living Right yeah. Now. Yeah. And I just watched him, and every other shot, if not more, was going over his shoulder or down to his feet. Sorry, Trev, to throw you underneath the bus, but <laughs> you know what? It's brilliant, and I use it all the time. Uh, I had a I had a boss that when I was working in um, baseball that he would do shots everybody, and and his shot would always be water. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's an old bartending trick, though. Well, like, I know he's... that, but I'm just saying it was just like, it was always kind of like, it was a dick when he did it to me. It was hilarious when I saw it doing it to other people. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's, you know, I think we're both kind of that same mindset is that, you know, we, we want to see people take care of themselves. Like, this is such an amazing industry to be in. Like, I'm definitely not advocating fucking temperance or anything like that you know like no, I but don't... if you can still enjoy yourself yeah the same way and enjoy things that you're consuming and enjoy being in public in a lively uh you know sociable atmosphere what like what what else do you need yeah yeah well uh i agreed and i think um that's a great way to wrap up 2019 all right drew i'm gonna pour you one little more of this signatory and i'm gonna take some myself I figured you would. Yeah, I'm pouring you some mostly just the way I can pour myself some. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're, I think this is episode six, and we've had a lot of fun so far, a lot of good feedback. I like hearing from people who are just kind of like, I listen to the podcast. I'm like, I didn't think that you would listen to this. Like, yeah, that's super great. awesome. Yeah. So, you guys keep coming with the feedback. Uh, we are on iTunes and Spotify. We are uh, everywhere that you we're can everywhere find. now. So what we need is you know questions. Go, well, we need questions, but go throw some reviews on iTunes. Yeah. Um, if it's not five stars, you can skip it. But if it is five stars, <laughs> give it to us because that actually that actually helps us. And and again, like we know we're still figuring out some like bumps and stuff like that. But um, you know we appreciate the support that we've gotten so far. This has been a lot of fun. 
I've had a lot of fun. I hope you've had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun. And um, I look forward to seeing you in the 20s next. Season 2, here we come. Oh my god. Cheers, buddy. The Good Bottle Podcast was recorded at The Good Bottle Shop in Sacramento, California. Music is by Leon Moore and Chase Moore. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Good Bottle Podcast.